Tales from the Road. We got them here at TravelRight.today. I'm Doug Wallace. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Yes, I know it's been a few weeks. It's not like I have all the time in the world to sit around and play microphone. I do have, you know, actual money to earn. Today we're going to learn all about how to sleep better on a plane. Many people find it difficult to sleep on the plane, and some can't sleep at all. All the commotion and the tight quarters and the freezing air conditioning or the crying child or the fidgety seatmate. God, I hate people who can't sit still. There are ways to take the sting out of all of this. So for those of you boarding at midnight, getting up at zero dark hundred to fly to the beach, or settling in for 14 hours or more, here are 10 things to consider. Number one. Get a window seat so you can really hunker down and get some rest with no one's hips bumping into your shoulder on their way down the aisle and no one asking you to let them out to the bathroom. Watch your water intake and try not to get paranoid about that. Oh, too late. Number two, there are three areas of the cabin to avoid. A, near the galley, which can be noisy with all the clacking and touching the trolley. B, near the bathroom lineup, which is just too gawky and weird. And C, the bulkheads. This is where the parents with infants tend to be seated. Number three, keep in mind that the very back row and the row in front of the exit door row will most likely not recline. Number four, put all your carry-on luggage in the overhead bin, leaving the space under the seat in front of you free for just your feet. Keep a plastic bag of your essential stuff on the floor behind your legs. Take off your shoes and put on those comfy socks they give you, or bring your own. Those feet are going to swell no matter what. Make sure you put your shoes back on before you go to the bathroom. I see people going to the bathroom in bare feet and sock feet, and that is the grossest thing ever. Number five, make sure your seatbelt goes over top of your blanket so the flight attendants don't have to wake you up to make sure it's done up in the event of turbulence. Number six, A neck pillow and earplugs go without saying. 7. Keep sleep aids simple. Melatonin, Gravol, particularly if you don't want to be all loopy wandering around the passport hall of a country you've never visited before. Consult a pharmacist before you take any over-the-counter medications. Stronger sleeping tablets should be reserved for super long flights with the okay of your physician. Number 8. Contrary to what you might think, alcohol only makes sleep more fitful. I know this. Keep the plane nightcap to one or none. Number nine. Tell yourself, it's currently 1 a.m. where I am landing. I should go to sleep now. The power of suggestion, it works wonders. The whole key is to adapt to the time zone you're visiting as quickly as possible. This may require skipping the meal and going right to sleep immediately after takeoff. I do this all the time and I feel I'm better off. Number 10. If you absolutely positively have to have a good night's sleep on the plane, like you have an important business meeting in Hong Kong or your wedding is the next day in Rome, spring for a nicer seat in the front of the plane and stretch out because you only go around once. This week's hot hotel is the Mount Stephen in the heart of Montreal's Golden Square Mile. It's been open since summer 2017, and it's anchored to a historic mansion, what used to be a social club for most of the 20th century. 
You enter through this grand old stone entryway into a beautiful foyer, Cuban mahogany and Austrian stained glass everywhere. And then you pass through to the actual lobby in a new building, 11-story building behind the mansion. This is where the 90 rooms are. And they're cool. Modern and white and roomy, nice lighting, automatic drapes and blinds. The highlight, though, is the Japanese toilet, which does a lot of stuff. Take your glasses into the bathroom or you're screwed. The shower lights up with a colored light show if you like that sort of thing. Back downstairs, the British-inspired Bar George is run by Oliver and Bonaccini, so thumbs up there. This is in the old part, and it's stunning. Maple and walnut climbing the walls, Italian marble fireplaces, beautiful coffered ceilings. The Mount Stephen is only one of three Canadian hotels with a leading Hotels of the World rating. Rooms from $355 Canadian per night. Visit LeMountStephen.com. This segment is brought to you by Kraft Marshmallows. No, still getting mixed up with the Carol Burnett show. Sorry. I missed a connecting flight in Frankfurt this summer due to the weather shutting the airport down for two hours. So I had to stand in a very long line and sleep at the Sheridan and get rebooked the next day. Me and 5,000 other passengers, so I wasn't alone, sadly. We got to talking about airhelp.com. That's a company that helps you win compensation for flight delay. It turns out that in Europe, delays of more than three hours make you eligible for a payout of up to 600 euros. At airhelp.com, you plug in a few details. It takes about two minutes, and they tell you if you're a candidate or not. My delay was weather-related, so I was SOL. But your case might be different. It could be that the flight is overbooked or just cancelled or they just didn't put you on the plane or whatever. Airhelp.com, it's worth bookmarking. I was on a scenic riverboat cruise this summer, which I'll tell you about in another episode soon. I came home spilling out of my clothes because visiting Hungary, Austria, Germany, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic, it's all meat and potatoes. Vegetables, it's like they don't even know what the hell it is. It's like a total afterthought. I don't think anyone has had a plate of fish there either outside of Christmas Eve, maybe. It's a wonder I didn't come down with scurvy. Oh no, the lemon in my drinks took care of that. Anyway, when in Rome, right? You eat what they're eating, and it turns out it's giant slabs of meat and gravy, potatoes, and tons of bread, which for me is really bad, and also just a vehicle for the butter, which I love, so that's a problem. This was the middle of summer, and the temps were 33, 34 degrees, and everyone sitting down to a nice lunch would feed two people, boobs rested on the table. In Austria, I ate a giant schnitzel the size of my head on a quaint cafe patio, and I washed it down with a liter of beer, and then I had to go back to the ship and lie down, but that was the best 11 euros I ever did spend. In the Czech Republic, a pork luncheon came with this boiled bread, kind of masquerading as a dumpling. All I'm saying here is, pack the stretchy pants if you go to the eastern part of Europe. I've started writing for a new website called hotel-addict.com. And one of the content pillars is called Rant, where we riff on things we hate about hotels. So here, just quickly, are five things I hate about them. Number one, scripted staff. 
If the front of house staff script dictates that you have to say Mr. Wallace three times in the first five minutes of our first encounter, I will notice and I'll think you're phony and you don't want that. Number two, maid staff who are too loud in the halls. People are sleeping, working, napping is when I usually get cross about this. And these maids are calling out to each other down the hall or even in different rooms. And by God, if I was your boss, you are fired. Even some of the fancy chains are guilty of this. I'm not kidding. Number three, impossible to figure out lights. Not many hotels get this right. They don't realize that people staying in a hotel room only one or two nights are never going to have time to understand the myriad ways to turn all the lights on and off. From the bedside, from the door, do you click the switch on the lamp? Do you walk to the front hall? Makes me mental. Number four, check-in time. That's now 4 p.m. Did you notice that you lost that hour of room rental? I'm simply too Canadian to fight back. Number five, clutter everywhere. Promotional pamphlets, breakfast menus, tourist guides, objet. The surfaces of every hotel room I go into, they're so full of stuff. There's no room for my stuff. I end up sweeping it all into a drawer for the whole of my stay and then leaving it there so that perhaps they can get the hint. Such a petty pansy I can be sometimes. Hey, here's a bonus pet peeve. Inflated food and beverage prices. This has gotten better in the past few years, but still, hotels need to learn that gouging puts a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I don't care how good the cheeseburger is. People don't forget being ripped off. I sure don't. So, if all you want in your hotel is rich, stupid people, by all means, gouge away. I'll be down the street at the cool place. That's a piece of my mind however small. I guess today's moral is, seek out good value. You work hard for the money, spend it wisely. At least, spend it on things that matter, like dumplings on a hot day. That's good advice. A dumpling a day keeps those wrinkles at bay. Find more travel inspiration at travelright.today, will ya? Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe.